0: The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Our weekday podcast is brought to you by ComBank, committed to being a better bank. Find out more at combank.com.au forward slash better. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Kate Watson. It's Tuesday the 11th of June. In your Squeeze today, big protests in Hong Kong, the Queen's Birthday Honours List, Ash Barty and the Tony Awards. This is your Squeeze today. Back today, Claire, after a long weekend, big thanks to Larissa for filling in for me last Friday and we've returned and you've got a bit of a cold.
1: I've got a bit of a cold, but you know, great husky voice for a Tuesday morning. Let's (laughs) get into it.
0: (laughs) Oh, you poor thing. Uh, Big protests in Hong Kong over the weekend, and if you ask protest organisers, a million people took to the streets in the largest demonstration since the territory was handed over to China by the British. That was back in 1997. That's if those numbers are correct. Authorities have the crowd closer to 240,000, but either way, it was big. What's it all about? What it's about is the chief executive,
1: um, a woman named Carrie Lam, has proposed new laws for the extradition of residents to mainland China, to Taiwan and to Macau. It's interesting that Hong Kong doesn't have an extradition agreement with those uh, places, so they're trying to move forward on that. And uh, it's really uh, worried Hong Kong residents who say that it's just a step uh, closer towards losing their independence.
0: So Hong Kong's leader, Carrie Lam, is, despite these protests, refusing uh, to scrap it. She's pushing ahead with the amendments to be passed before July. For those that might be thinking, but hold on, isn't Hong Kong already part of China? Perhaps a bit of context.
1: Yeah, so it's semi-autonomous, which means that it has, uh, well, the general principle anyway is that it's one country and two systems. And the two systems refer to China, which uh, has its own um, judicial system, but Hong Kong has a very separate one. And Hong Kong locals are very proud that they're very independent of China in that regard. That's because when it was handed back by the British, and that was part of the agreement, and they've always had a level of, political freedoms uh, and judicial um, separation from China. So uh, there are a lot of concerns from a lot of people in Hong Kong that they're going to lose that and that's why these protests are so big uh, and we can expect more of them this week.
0: As we're recording the podcast this morning reports a helicopter has crashed into a building in Manhattan. We don't know much at this stage though. It's crash landed
1: on the roof. It's uh, a 54-storey building on uh, 7th Avenue. Police have told people to stay away from uh, 51st West and 7th Avenue, and it seems that it's made a crash landing on top uh, of that roof. Uh, No one in the building has been injured by all reports, but they have been evacuated. Uh, And it looks at this stage like the pilot has died, but no doubt there'll be a lot more details this morning.
0: A few updates to news stories we've been covering. Police officer Mohammed Noor received a sentence of 12 and a half years in prison for the killing of Australian woman Justine Damon Rushtek. He will appeal that sentence and there were a few missing people making news last week and unfortunately no good news over the weekend, Claire.
1: No, two-year-old Ruben Scott was found um, in a dam near the property uh, that he went missing from last Tuesday. Uh, 31-year-old Trista Appleby, she was the woman who was taking a joy flight off the Gold Coast. Uh, she was found washed up on North Stradboke Island on Friday night. Very, very sad for those families.
0: And also authorities are, are still trying to locate missing Belgian backpacker, Theo Hayes. He went missing from Byron Bay more more than a week ago. Um, of course, we had a long weekend, as we've mentioned. That was for the Queen's birthday. A thousand Aussies were recognised as part of the Queen's birthday honours list.
1: There were the usual uh, great bag of very big names. We're talking uh, known Republicans yeah. like Hugh Jackman um, and others, Eric Banner, Guy Sebastian, Sigrun um, Thornton. Uh, from the media, there was the ABC chairwoman, Ida Butros and 730s Lee sales. Uh, out of politics were... We're talking about Kevin Rudd and former Democrats leader Natasha Stott-Despoyer. Uh, Rosie Batty was also a notable one. She was um, recognised for her advocacy for the prevention of family violence.
0: And I like what you've written in the Squeeze Today email that of those nearly 1,000 people honoured, most are quietly going about their business, making solid contributions to their communities and industries. Another Aussie we can be proud of is Ash Barty. She took out the French Open on the weekend. What a legend.
1: Did you watch it?
0: I didn't watch it, no. bit late (laughs) for me.
1: It was late, yeah. And it was a rain delay as well. So I got through the first set and she seemed to be cruising. So I thought she would be fine without me and I retired early. Um, But yeah, (laughs) fantastic. A fantastic victory and just so exciting for her.
0: Yeah, she's now ranked number two in the world behind Naomi Osaka and all eyes on her for Wimbledon, which starts on the 1st of July. At the same event, Aussie Dylan Alcott took out the quad wheelchair title and Rafael Nadal continues his clay dominance, winning his 12th Roland Garros trophy. What a champion. Not so lucky, the Matildas, they lost their first World Cup match to Italy and our men's cricketers lost their World Cup match to India onwards and hopefully upwards for both those teams. And if theatre is more your thing, let's talk the Tony Awards. English comedian James Corden opened the show when it's worth a look, that video via the Squiz Today email. It is a good one
1: and it seems that if you're heading over to um, to Broadway at some point, the one to see is um, Hades Town*, which is, yeah, a really big musical based on um, Greek mythology and it's the one that took home all of the gongs.
0: There so you go. A message now from our podcast sponsor, ComBank. The Australian Computing Academy has launched the school's Cybersecurity Challenges, whose aim is to help our young people be safe online, plus for kids thinking about their career options, it will highlight the opportunities available to them in cybersecurity and technology. Commonwealth Bank is a proud supporter of the Academy's work and they arranged for the Squiz to talk with the CEO of Cyber, Michelle Price, about the initiative. Stay listening at the end of the podcast for that interview. Amongst other things, Michelle, Michelle and I have a good chat about how to keep yourself and your family safe online yeah, there's a
1: really good tip in there
0: there's good tips in there yeah it's a good one
1: Um, the subject line? The subject line today is Starships, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now. There seems to be um, a couple of applications for that this morning, but particularly I had in mind um, our squiz sayings. There was a two-hour race uh, in Japan where uh, teams of three go around a 200-meter course in an office chair. And um, yeah, The video of them moving is really quite something. That looks fun. I know about doing it outdoors though. I
0: think it's more of an office
1: hallway thing, isn't it? It looks really hard. (laughs) (laughs) They get into it.
0: Um, I think that's it from us today. Thank you for listening to the Squeeze Today podcast. Welcome back. We've got a short week, which is good. If you enjoy the podcast, it'd be great if you could leave us a review on your podcast platform. Apart from that, have a great day. We'll chat to you tomorrow. The Squeeze is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesqueeze.com.au. Michelle Price is the CEO of Ost Cyber, a federally funded not-for-profit set up under the government's cyber security strategy. Cyber security in its simplest terms is about protecting our systems and networks, our computers and the information and data in them and across them. So for parents listening, Michelle, it's obviously important for both them and their kids that they're alert to the risks online. Let's start with any tips you might have. For them? Well, it's great to be with you, Kate. So
2: absolutely every single person in the country right now does have a role to play in making sure that our nation is secure online. And the simplest things that all parents and kids can be doing is making sure that firstly, we, we care about our safety and security online, uh, but also making sure that we're thinking for just a little f- a few more minutes around the kinds of information that we're sharing Uh, And making sure, of course, the age old challenge of making sure that we've got good passwords. Now, safe and secure passwords are actually the most important line of defence for every person uh, in Australia. And the best way to manage it is actually through password managers, which are these Mm. little vaults uh, that you can download and they create unique, complex passwords. And the only password that you need to remember is password to get into your vault.
0: Oh, because there's so many to remember. This is, I mean, and this is the, the challenge that we all have. We've got hundreds sometimes of passwords to remember. How do we get one of those little vaults? So
2: if you go to, if you if you, you can uh, do a Google for, uh, you know, password manager and two of the best password managers in the world are one password and the other one is LastPass. We use LastPass here at AusCyber. At uh, and they're free. Uh, right. And there uh, there's some amazing tools that are within those pieces of software that can really help you manage your passwords, both on your phones and your computers that are the best line of defense for every individual.
0: Great tip. Last pass or one password. If you haven't already checked those out, make sure you have a look. Let's have a chat now about the school cyber security challenges. Tell us about it. Sure. So uh, the
2: school's Cybersecurity Challenges is all about taking cybersecurity learning into high schools around the country. And we've worked with the Australian Computer Academy, as well as Australia's top four banks, to put together a package of four challenges that can be taught by teachers in the classroom as part of the digital technologies curriculum. So it's all mapped to the existing curriculum uh, to be able to teach kids uh, how to engage in the very basics of what cybersecurity are. We've already had uh, 16,000 kids complete the first of the four challenges and a further 11,000 kids complete the second challenge. And the the feedback has just been absolutely overwhelmingly positive. The kids love doing the challenges, but what we're also finding is that not only are the teachers enjoying teaching those packages of learning, but parents are really enjoying uh, learning through their kids as well. These are the basics of cybersecurity that everyone in the digital world needs. And, of course, we're all digital everywhere all the time now. Yeah, it's a exactly. fantastic way for all of us to upskill ourselves in a really, really straightforward, plain English
0: way. Lots of squeezers who are teachers, so that will be certainly of interest, and I'm sure a few of them have, have taken part. Um, as our children are moving from school into jobs, Australia is facing a cyber skill shortage. How are we going to encourage them into these cybersecurity and tech roles?
2: Yeah, so I guess there's a couple of things there. We do have, over the next eight years, a need to increase the number of uh, people who are cybersecurity professionals by a minimum of 18,000. And so the key thing here is that if you're motivated by money, <laughs> Uh, then, you know, salaries in cybersecurity right now are up to 25% more than any other profession. There you go. Any other profession in the economy. Uh, So that's a pretty good incentive, isn't it? Uh, Absolutely. It is actually on average paying more than what doctors are at their entry level. Uh, But secondly, of course, if you're motivated by making a difference, cybersecurity absolutely is one of those areas where, No matter which discipline of cybersecurity you go into, you will be making a difference in the world.
0: You mentioned briefly the partners you've worked with on the school's cybersecurity challenges. Why is it important to have the support of partners like ComBank? I think that for the larger
2: organisations within the economy, uh, particularly the top four banks and our top telcos, mm-hmm. they have some of the most significant uh, you know, malicious actors working against them. Uh, but they also hold some of the most important information about us in the economy. Uh, and they work really hard to protect that information and the integrity of our identities. And I guess at the biggest level, uh, it actually is the underpinnings of the very fabric of our economy and our society. This is truly how important this stuff is. So the Commonwealth Bank role modelling and demonstrating how important this is to them and how they contribute to the broader success of the economy and Australia, I think is really important. Yeah,
0: exactly. Thank you for making that so clear. Thank you for giving us some really practical tips. And of course, thank you for your time, Michelle. Absolute pleasure. Can't wait to
2: meet all of the parents and teachers out there and of course the kids.
0: Thank you also to those listening. This interview is presented by Commonwealth Bank. For more on what ComBank are doing and other initiatives, head to combank.com.au forward slash better.